You are listening to Hospitality Talks, a podcast about all things hospitality through discussions with industry leaders around the globe. Here are your hosts, Abid Butt and Sam Eric Rutman. Good day, everybody. Thanks for being with us on uh, Hospitality Talks. It's uh, fabulous to be back with you. Today, we're going to learn about luxury cruising. The concept of cruising, which is essentially, uh, for lack of any better words, a floating city or a floating hotel, is very unique, even among the subsectors within hospitality and tourism industry. Until recently, cruises were the fastest growing sector of the travel industry. According to Cruise Lines International Association, the number of cruise ship passengers has nearly doubled in the last decade to 30 million and more than 150 billion in revenues in direct and indirect contribution. Unfortunately, after a tumultuous couple of years as a result of the pandemic, cruise lines again are setting sails, but with some caveats and changes. The industry faces a long road back to normal as the operators still have to contend with a patchwork of domestic and international rules heightened environmental requirements, port infrastructure development, and of course, sourcing of skilled crew. I'm Abbott Butt, great to be here with you. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Sam Eric Rutman. Sam. Thank you, Abbott. Yeah, this is a very interesting discussion. I was just looking, coming home from the office today at the, what kind of advertising I saw here in Helsinki. We are after all having a minus one degree day and and rainy, and uh, there, there's advertisement about uh, cruises, and I think people are very interested now to start a book again after this very uh, challenging time. So this is uh, uh, cruises; it's about romance and having a chance to visit some very wonderful places. Uh, and so I think this is a. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to how now the industry is starting to pick up on on the situation that was very very challenging. But then uh, I'd like to also ask all the live viewers, uh, very well, very warm welcome, and uh, uh, please leave any comments you have or any questions. Uh, we really appreciate that you join our discussion and, and, uh, and maybe we'd like to raise some questions or comments for our guests. So let's start the conversation. Thank you, Sam. Uh, we are very fortunate to have with us today Roberto Martinoli, who's the president and chief executive officer of Silver Sea Cruises. He began his career with his family ship management and consulting business in uh, a long time ago, but he joined Silver Sea in 2016 and have seen the growth of this industry's leading ultra-luxury cruise line. Uh, It's sales to over 900 destinations, far more than anybody else, and and, uh, uh, goes across all seven continents. During Roberto's tenure, he also oversaw the acquisition of the uh, organization by Royal Caribbean Group, initially two-thirds, and a complete acquisition as of June 2020. With the group's full support, he's currently overseeing a long-term plan to grow and enhance Silver Sea's fleet of ultra-luxury ships, adding to the cruise line's fleet of nine uh, nine, uh, luxury cruises. Silver Seas is looking forward to the launch of three new vessels with, I believe, Silver Moon that has just been christened. Two evolution-class ships will be launched over the next couple of years, pushing the boundaries in ultra-luxury cruise segments. Roberto, thank you so much for being with us. It is truly an honor to have you join us. Welcome to Hospitality Talks. Thank you very much, uh, Abid and Sam, for having me with you today, and uh, happy to share uh, what's going on and... uh, uh, as you said, I mean, we are just about to face uh, a very important growth, so the concern about uh, the cruise business in general 
not continuing the dramatic row, I mean, I think will be resolved very soon because not only us, but many other operators are certainly uh, looking to grow their fleets. And that's, uh, Roberto, that's what I have understood uh, cruising industry as, as one of possibly the only travel and tourism industry that even at the worst time in the pandemic, none of the, the orders for new ships were canceled. They might have been delayed a bit, but not a single order was canceled. Uh, any thoughts on that, which is fabulous that everybody feels very strongly about the, the potential of this industry, but uh, any thoughts on that particular uh, uh, topic? Well, sure. I think that it's a combination of different things. Um, first of all, uh, nobody knew that uh, uh, this uh, uh, you know, pandemic situation would have been lasted for so long. Uh, and this has been an advantage, of course, because uh, we all thought that uh, was like a couple of months, three months thing, and then another one or two months, and then another one or two months. And here we are having restarted operation uh, consistently and seriously, uh, like, uh, uh, you know, 16 to 18 months after. And so this has been helping avoiding cancellation of orders, for sure. Um, besides the fact that uh, the industry had already been shown incredible resilience in, in previous uh, uh, difficult situation. And, uh, you know, ships are... Uh, purpose-built and custom-built for a particular uh, cruise line, a particular customer. So, and, uh, you know, they are implying a, a big capital investment. So it's very difficult to stop it once you start it. So that has been probably another advantage that has been helping us to continue to uh, build our ships, even in, uh, in very difficult moments. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So, Roberto, not to make you relive the past 18 months, uh, because I know every organization uh, went through some very tough times, would you mind taking a few moments just to give us a bit of an overview as to what it was like, how you had to attend to the pandemic issues that popped up all too quickly? Yeah, well, it, it has been a, a, a serious challenge, of course. And uh, uh, I would say that uh, the, the biggest problem was to, to understand what, what was really going on because we were facing something completely unknown. Uh, we didn't have any experience about it. And uh, that, was, that applies to everybody, us as operators, the government, uh, the regulators, uh, I mean, you know, whoever, the, 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 the people, the cluster of the industry. So we were all taken by, by something absolutely, uh, you know, unknown to us and uh, we didn't have uh, any previous experience of that. And that has been probably the, the biggest challenge that we had to face. Uh, the very beginning has been uh, very, uh, very demanding because uh, we have, uh, we had a, a couple of ships in, uh, in, you know, in South America that uh, uh, we had to, uh, you know, like uh, uh, stop operation and bring people back home. Uh, it, it has been uh, most definitely uh, a, a very, very uh, heavy challenge on us and on the authorities and everything. Just to give you a sense of it, we had to uh, bring back home um, a number of Australian passengers. We were in South America and we were obliged to charter two 787 planes, uh, you know, just for 15 people each to fly back to Sydney, Australia. So that was, I mean, something that we would never have expected to have to do. But that was the only way we could bring these people back home. Then after we were able to resolve the issue with the passengers, and uh, needless to say that what you, you anticipated in terms of... Uh, lack of communication between different uh, governments and we have to cross borders all the times by definition. So that was uh, another uh, very difficult situation to be faced. And, uh, and then we had to take care of the crew and the crew was another uh, uh, interesting, even more challenging situation due to the, to the fact that uh, 
you know, the, the governments were less, uh, uh, how to say, open to, uh, to, to accept, uh, uh, you know, any solution. Uh, nobody wanted to have anybody from anywhere else. And uh, even the receiving countries uh, at times were saying, oh, we don't want anybody to come back now. We don't know how to do it. So and this lasted for, for a few weeks and uh, has been quite demanding. And uh, I have to thank uh, the fact that we were part of... Uh, a very large and powerful organization. So Royal Caribbean Group has given us uh, great support and, uh, you know, uh, they gave us uh, also a lot of resources to, 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 to help us uh, resolving that. And, uh, and then we went to the, to the, to the, to the whole, you know, phase of uh, being on an holding pattern. And uh, as I said before, I mean, we were all... The good thing is that nobody realized how long it would have been. And we were going like from, you know, a couple of months, three months, one month, and it's going to be resolved. And uh, when we add them all together, here we are. And uh, we started the operation ourselves. Uh, well, we did a, a small operation in uh, two months operation in, uh, in Saudi Arabia uh, in 2020, August and September. And then the real restart uh, with the typical business uh, that we do was uh, June this year. Well, it th so throughout this time, all these uh, um, changes that you had to implement, particularly dealing with multiple different governments in international waters and cross-border travel, it, uh, well, thankfully all that is behind us and here we are. At this point, if I understand correctly, all of your ships are in operation in sailing at this juncture. Am I correct? No, we have. Uh, uh, we are progressively going back into full service. So at the moment, out of nine ships that we have uh, in our fleet today, uh, five have been operating so far. I mean, one uh, stopped again at the end of the summer. So we have four ships that are operational. We will have three more that will go back, uh, uh, you know, in November, uh, and uh, and uh, and the remaining three because we are adding a new one. So our new building was the Silver Moon, was just Christian in Greece recently, but was delivered during the pandemic. Similarly, we had another delivery, the Silver Origin, that is in Galapagos during the pandemic, and uh, we have now the delivery of the Silver Dawn, upcoming on November 12th in Ancona, Italy that will be the 10th ship in the fleet uh, to join us. And we expect uh, to have, like I said, seven ships by November. And uh, spring of next year, all the 10 ships will be, are planned to be back into service. Well, terrific. Well, congratulations on the new uh, uh, ships in addition to your fleet. I'm sure that it, it would be fantastic and your, your client base uh, would enjoy them a great deal. Uh, Roberto, if you wouldn't mind talking a, a little bit about the new protocols, the new initiatives that you've had to implement to gain consumer confidence. Uh, unfortunately, at the beginning of the pandemic, nobody knew how to handle with this thing. We were all sort of uh, attending to it by the seat of our pants. And a lot of the news that came out was relatively damaging to the cruising industry. But since then, talk a bit about the new initiatives that you have implemented uh, to gain consumer confidence. Yeah, um, okay. I think that uh, the first thing I would like to say is that uh, uh, things have changed a great deal. And uh, there was uh, uh, a, a negative perception about cruising uh, caused by, you know, at the very beginning of the pandemic, there were a couple of uh, situations that uh, were caused on cruise ships. And obviously, whatever happens on a cruise ships, uh, it's uh, more evident than anywhere else because of the time that you spend uh, on board in an environment and that is, uh, you know, like more than the incubation period of, uh, 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 you know, this virus. So uh, while if you were getting the virus elsewhere, you may not have had the precise idea on where, when it happens on the ship, it is more evident, but uh, it's nothing different. I think that uh, you know, consumer confidence has been gained by showing that when we knew what it was and we knew what to do, 
uh, we've been restarting operation in different steps, starting uh, in summer of 2020. Occasionally, in some places like Europe, I mean, there were some ship that was operating. We did Saudi Arabia. Then during the winter, there was continuous operation. And the numbers very, are very impressive because the, 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 the protocols that we, put in, we all put in place are about uh, testing uh, when you are joining the vessel, about, uh, you know, in some cases, like for us, we require people to be fully vaccinated. Uh, and uh, again, in our particular case, uh, uh, if the cruise is longer than 10 days, uh, we test the people when they are coming to the ship before they boarding. We have a, a mid the cruise test and then we offer a test at the end of the cruise that in many cases is necessary for people to fly back home. So those are the type of things that we did. And to different, to different, you know, in very slightly different ways, but uh, I think that we all approach it in a, you know, kind of uh, approximately the, the same type of precaution. And uh, this has revealed to be extremely effective to the point that, uh, you know, we've been carrying now probably uh, close to a million people and the number of cases have been very, very low. And particularly, there has not been or very hardly or very rarely been any spreading of the virus on board. So even when you find someone, and it happens, because also with vaccinated and tested people every now and then, a case is coming out. I mean, all of the, the, the preventative measures are uh, allowing us to, uh, you know, to, to, to give, you know, the best condition, uh, uh, I mean, the best health and, and, and safe condition to our guests to make sure that there is no transmission or very, very little transmission, if anything at all. And the whole perception of the cruise industry is completely changed. And I wouldn't be shy to say that uh, if, uh, if I have to be in a public environment, I would want to be on a cruise ship because of the way that we can control the environment, because of the tools that we have available, and because of the experience that we had in, in you know, for many years about, uh, you know, health and safety on board. And so we were already trained for that. And we know what to do. We have hospitals on board. We have doctors. We have nurses. We have testing machines. We have all of that. So I don't think that there is any other, you know, public environment that is so, I would say, you know, under control as it is on the cruise ships. And the numbers are speaking loud and clear. Well, that's that's terrific. If I uh, remember reading it correctly, I think your future bookings are absolutely showing very healthy trends. Is that the case for Silver Sea as well? Yeah, I mean, I would say that in general, uh, uh, for I would say not only for the cruise industry, which is good. I mean, because we we want to be uh, part of uh, of a larger group. Uh, you know, pent up demand, the demand for future uh, 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 vacation is uh, definitely strong uh, everywhere. I mean, there is no, with no exception. So um, for cruising, of course, as well. And uh, the further you go in time, the, the stronger the demand is. Because of course, I mean, in the shorter term or short term, there is a little more volatility and, you know, and this very much depends on what news are coming out. Um, you know, we've been seeing, uh, uh, you know, a lot of uh, demand that has been a little bit uh, softened by the Delta variant. And then as the Delta variant has started going away, the demand has come back up to, to very, very strong levels. And, but again, it's not only the cruise industry. It's uh, everybody in the travel and leisure business has seen that, uh, which, is, which is a very good thing. The other thing that I can say, which is, I think, interesting, is observing is that uh, at the beginning of uh, this crisis, of course, uh, uh, you know, we carry, uh, by definition, because of the nature of our business, we carry people that are on average a little bit, uh, uh, demographic that is a little bit older and more affluent. And uh, the concern was that uh, being an older demographic and uh, given the non-exposure to the exposure or risk uh, you know, of the infections uh, that were considered to be more serious for people of an older age. Uh, there was concern about uh, older people not to be 
so keen to go back. And I have to say that it has been exactly the contrary. So people in all their age group has been the first one to start booking and they continue to be so. And even before vaccines were available, because of course people of an older age group were the first to be vaccinated, but even before then, they were, I mean, you know, more uh, uh, ready and open to travel than other age group. That's an interesting uh, thing. But I would say that today this, uh, this is all resolved. I mean, uh, protocols are in place and uh, there is indeed uh, uh, obvious interest uh, and uh, people cannot wait to go back and enjoy their, their vacation time. And uh, again, I think that uh, cruising is, uh, is a very good way of uh, going back to vacationing, uh, reducing the risk as much as possible. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, the, the great news for the travel and tourism in the industry is that there is absolutely a, a pent-up demand. And, and at the end of the day, it is innate in human beings to want to experience different things, new destinations. So uh, it, it's great to hear that that's coming up. Uh, uh, Roberto, I will turn it over to Sam, but before I do that, uh, just a, a quick question regarding the profile of your client base, you said they tend to be a bit mature, more affluent. I, obviously, the positioning of Silver Sea as, as a luxury uh, cruise liner. Uh, uh, tell us, uh, what have you seen change over the past uh, maybe a, a decade? Uh, are the demographics changing? Mm. Are people looking for new things? Uh, would you shed some light on that? Well, I have to say that uh, even though we've been growing already significantly and we will continue to grow, uh, you know, to, to, to a greater extent, um, all in all, we did not have uh, that many changes in, uh, in the clientele that we serve. So we do probably have uh, attracted a little more from the two ends and we continue to serve the middle age group. So the, the average age continues to be almost even, I would say, even though we have people that are becoming more mature and, and younger people that are joining earlier. Uh, most certainly there are destinations that are attracting different demographics. So uh, we tend to have like a, a more family or younger people in destinations like Alaska, Galapagos, Mediterranean, uh, you know, those are the typical destination where you have more of family and uh, younger generation. Galapagos is a great product for families and uh, also, uh, you know, younger, uh, younger people love it. And, uh, uh, you know, there is to do for everybody. And uh, so is Alaska again. And uh, Mediterranean, by definition, depending on the season, also attracts that. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we have all of the other Destination at are, as, as you mentioned rightly so before, we have like, uh, we serve more than 900 destinations at any given time for the next couple of years and, uh, uh, you know, very, very varied and very remote destination. And, uh, you know, they might attract, you know, of course, they do attract a different crowd. We have the World Cruise that is uh, a four-month cruise that uh, is definitely uh, very much uh, in the, you know, in the eye of... Uh, our most loyal guests that uh, lo love to spend, uh, you know, like long amounts of time on board. And uh, so these people, they do the four months work cruise and then they might come back for another grand voyage, which is like a sort of a one month or something like that. And to give you a sense of the loyalty, uh, the company exists since uh, uh, 25 years about. And uh, we have people that have spent on board more than seven of the last 25 years. So... Wow. These people are incredible, <laughs> incredibly loyal, and they, I mean, it's very, I mean, they are very uh, uh, passionate about the business, and uh, they know the business better than us, because they are there more than anybody else, so, and I'm joining the work cruise every year to, at the end of the work cruise, to, to greet them and to thank them for their uh, loyalty, and uh, I need to put my act together, because it's, uh, Again, they, they do really know what we are doing. They know the crew better than I do. They know the ships better than I do. So very interesting. And, uh, and uh, it's great to work for these uh, uh, individuals, for this crowd, 
they are very passionate and they really give us uh, great motivation to continue doing what we are doing and continue to improve the product. And well, uh, need, needless to say that, uh, uh, you know, like uh, we interpret luxury uh, uh, in, in a little different way. We want to say that we whisper luxury and uh, we want to make sure that we give uh, people memorable experiences. It's uh, a lot more about experiences and uh, immerse uh, our passenger into the destination. And uh, this is helping a great deal and we are having a very positive feedback on that. Well, uh, congratulations on the loyalty that you have built. Uh, uh, these, the, the, the more mature and affluent clientele, particularly if they've been coming back for such a long time, I'm sure they can be very demanding, but congratulations to you and your teams for living up to their expectations, for that matter, exceeding the expectations and constantly having them come back. Uh, Roberto, let me turn it over to Sam, and I'll be back with you in a moment. Sam. Thank you. You, have, you, are, you mentioned you are covering 900 destinations. Was that the correct number? Yes, this is okay. correct. Yes. So uh, what are some areas which you haven't gone yet so that you're planning of going? Because there must be some places that uh, I just wonder, because 900 is quite a bit. <laughs> um, I'm not sure there are that many places where we don't go. There, there is some, of course. I mean, for, I mean, the interesting places, we probably do them all. And uh, so we go from Antarctica because, I mean, Antarctica, of course, is, uh, is a, an expedition product that is very peculiar, although we also had uh, the work crews going through Antarctica because, you know, our clients of the work crews, and actually they enjoyed it big time. So we're very lucky. They got like uh, four or five incredible days of uh, beautiful weather and they've been able to explore this, uh, uh, you know, remote continent uh, uh, you know, with, uh, with great creature comfort, which is what we offer also on our other expedition, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, product. Um, so we, uh, of course, there are countries that are more difficult, countries that uh, we try to do anything we can. Uh, we do Papua, Papua New Guinea, I mean, you know, for, for quite some time. Uh, we've been doing Bangladesh. So we are adding every year some some new destination of those that are viable. Um, so, and actually when we look into product development, we do scouting of uh, new destination. Yeah, there are parts of the world. I mean, you know, we, were, we are thinking of uh, going to Antarctica from, uh, from New Zealand, which is something that, uh, you know, is, uh, was in our plan. It was like uh, kind of delayed by, by the pandemic. Um, and then, uh, one way or another, we've been going, actually, maybe not uh, for, uh, 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 you know, significant length of times, but uh, we've gone almost through everywhere, except for the countries that are not receiving cruise ships or where, uh, you know, we don't consider uh, yet uh, uh, safe to go. But uh, we, we, we are continuing to do our scouting and... Uh, We've also been adding some sort of, uh, uh, you know, shore uh, uh, experiences. So, like, uh, we call it the couture collection, some land voyages to add to the cruises. So, we also, we were, we were offering Mongolia by helicopter or, uh, you know, Antarctica by private plane, these type of things. Uh, you know, to go and look at the chimpanzee in uh, Uganda. I mean, you know, those are the things that we add because not only... Uh, do we go to the sea destination, but we also offer land trips, uh, you know, when you go to certain parts of the world that are extremely interesting and then can be added to your cruise destination as well. That's very exciting. Uh, uh, this is something quite new to me, to, to understand that you're, you're adding these very different uh, itineraries uh, that have a chance to see the chimpanzees, uh, the chimpanzees in Uganda, etc. So that's, uh, is it, does it mean then that uh, there is a, the, the travelers who join the, your, your cruises who are interested in this, is that the, a, a younger crowd by any chance or is it the, something that now the, uh, the clientele that you already had for, for years who are just uh, want to expand their interest into some, this, this, this part of, of their travel journey? Well, actually, not necessarily. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's attracting younger people. I would say that uh, 
Uh, it's uh, as I said before. I mean, we we are we are getting you know we all live longer these days, and hopefully we'll continue to be so. I mean, although the pandemic has been giving us some challenge on that, but uh, I mean, you know, so we are supposed to be living longer. So we have people that are staying with us longer, and we attract also some younger generation, but. Uh, uh, not necessarily on this type of product. I mean, you know, the adventurous and remote destination, uh, you need also to have time and money to do it, of course, because, uh, I mean, uh, not only do you need to have the money, but also the time. So, And this, uh, by definition, attracts, uh, uh, you know, people of, uh, of uh, maybe older generation because uh, not only they can afford it, but they also can afford the time. It is uh, a very precious uh, luxury to be profiting of. So, yes. Yeah, I would say that uh, all in all, I mean, you know, we continue to be com more concentrated on the same age group uh, because of that, I would say. So I think this is uh, pretty much what Abid and I could uh, uh, bring our wives to enjoy a <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice cruise. Yeah, I'll be happy to be with you guys. <laughs> Thank <are>. you. <laughs> yeah. We have uh, one of our viewers, uh, uh, and Angelo Balbi says, I do believe that luxury and boutique cruising will be the future and also because of the service and the space offered on board. That's his comment. Yeah. Well, of, of course, uh, uh, these days to have uh, space and service and, uh, is, uh, is, a, is an advantage. There is no question about that. Uh, with that said, I, I think that uh, also the big ship where there, are, there is a lot of people, they do have uh, the right tools to manage it, but uh, you know, the, the feeling of uh, a smaller vessel that has uh, more volume available per person that you carry is definitely is definitely a very positive thing these days. And uh, uh, also the destination that you visit are less crowded. When you go to Alaska, you, sorry, to Antarctica, you don't meet anybody. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's a deserted continent that you go to. So the risks of uh, being in, uh, in a crowded environment when you get there in a bubble because everybody is vaccinated, fully vaccinated and tested, I mean, you know, your exposure to that type of risk is certainly less important and uh, it gives people definitely a good feeling these days. Yes. Sure. My, my final question is, <clears throat> the, now in Finland, we, are, we, are, we, have, we just rolled out this, uh, uh, what we call the Corona Pass, for lack of a better, better word. Is that something that you also require that uh, the passenger, passenger should verify and show that they have been vaccinated twice or uh, etc.? 100%. You need to be fully vaccinated according to the WHO rules and regulations. And uh, I must say with satisfaction that we've seen good progress recently. Uh, the CDC and the US are now accepting any WHO vaccine and any combination of those. That was a challenge until recently because mixed vaccines that are very common in Europe and uh, Canada and uh, some other places, India maybe, I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, this has been opening us uh, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, opportunities, I mean, you know, to get more people. So, indeed, you need to have, like, uh, your proof of vaccination, full vaccination. And not only that, you need also to, to, to get tested on board in the vessel. We do test uh, people in the terminal because people are coming from, uh, you know, like uh, a, a trip by air, car, whatever, train. So we want to make sure that uh, we do a proper screening at the beginning. And, and again, we, we, depending on the length of cruise and the, and the country that you are operating, we are operating in, we, we might also do a mid-cruise test and an end-of-cruise test. Thank you very much, Roberto. And then back, back to you, Abit. Thank you. Uh, uh, Roberto, uh, uh, tell us a bit about what you see coming down the pike, new trends in cruising, particularly in luxury cruising. Do you see things evolve? Uh, I, you've been working on new initiatives, but what's hot today from luxury cruising point of view? And what do you see coming down the pipe? Yeah, well, I would say that, first of all, probably the thing that has been, uh, you know, like more... Um, uh, in uh, you know in the in the eye of everybody has been uh, uh, ultra luxury expedition i mean expedition is a product that uh, is gaining more and more awareness and there is uh, there is uh, significant demand on expedition products i mean you know the arctic antarctica kimberly islands uh, russian far east uh, uh, africa you name it so there are many destinations that are 
uh, uh, I mean, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the expedition destination that and they are doing very well. There has been also uh, an important uh, increase in capacity in that segment with many ships being built, which is good because in cruising always increasing capacity uh, did not mean uh, much, but uh, uh, the ability to increase demand. Because, I mean, of course, I mean, you know, we are relatively small compared to the worldwide, uh, you know, travel and leisure business. And the fact that we become more and more known, that there are more and more activities, helps increase in demand. So most definitely expedition has been uh, a great uh, focus on the ultra luxury segment of the business. In addition to that, uh, what we do, we want to make sure again that we go back to what we said before, um, we all have a very good product. We, 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 we provide excellent service, and I think that uh, everybody does a great job at that, there is no, with no exception. So then when you start to want to differentiate, you need to decide what you want to do, and the way we took was the way of uh, uh, concentrating more on experiential travel and on concentrating on destination. Um, you know, to do that, I mean, I think that... Uh, a good example is uh, what we recently launched on Silver Moon is our new culinary program called SALT, which is sea and land taste. And uh, that is all about uh, the destination that we visit. So we were cruising uh, this summer with the Silver Moon in Greece. And uh, we, in one restaurant, which is the SALT restaurant, we were serving food, not only local, but really local in terms of... Uh, the recipe of the islands that we were visiting that day were offered in the dining room there. And then we have uh, a bar that is dedicated to the same type of experience. So we were serving, uh, you know, like uh, cocktails, uh, drinks, uh, beers, uh, wines at the location. We, were, we had in our wine list 60 Greek wines. And I have to say that uh, I came back and I bought Greek wines. I never did it before because I never had a chance to taste it. So... It's a great opportunity, and people really love it. And then we, had, uh, we have the, the Salt Lab, which is where we show to the guests, and it's kind, of a, it's, 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 uh, it's kind of a cooking school. It's not meant to be a school. It's just people, you know, they are given the ingredients, and they cook uh, the, a particular recipe, and uh, we go into all the details of where the ingredients are coming from, from why are they using that way and what they are. And this is great fun for our guests that uh, they've really enjoyed it and they are learning something about the local culture, which is extremely important. So this is where we are concentrating ourselves, making sure to give authentic experiences about the destination that we visit, because this is the people want. In Fantastic. addition to that, another very important thing is the, in your, you know, besides the, the, perfecting the service that you provide to your guests, which is something that you can always do better. I mean, is how do you serve them? I mean, you know, what, I mean, what is the, in which way do, the, do the, our crew approach the guest? And we are very fortunate because we have an incredible crew and uh, we are trying to learn and understand, we will never disclose the secret, why are they so good in serving our guests and they are getting so close to them? And uh, we're not sure we have the entire recipe. We have some of it, but not the, the whole of it. But uh, it's probably a cultural matter that developed into the company in so many years. And, uh, and it's another great thing. And uh, we are very fortunate to have uh, uh, an incredible crew that uh, uh, is... Uh, there are guests that... Uh, one of those guests that have like 1,000 or 2,000 days. Sometimes they call and say, I want to go where Roberto the bartender is. They don't care about IT or anything else, but they want to be again in touch with these people. And uh, some people, they are coming on board and, you know, they hardly ever step uh, ashore uh, because they love to be on board, they love to be in that environment, and uh, they love us, which is great. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. You know, growing up, my introduction to cruising was through a, a TV show, pop culture American TV show called Love Boat. And, and you you see the show and, and crew makes it so simple to take care of the guests, but uh, I'm sure there is a lot of things going on in the background, but that's ever since then, 
cruising has been on my bucket list. And after the conversation today, maybe our next conversation should be on board one of your ships. <laughs> I so, promise uh, uh, we will not disappoint you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% certain of that. Uh, Roberto, uh, uh, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about somewhat of a controversial issue where cruising industry has been under the microscope and it's relative to uh, sustainability. Now, uh, before we go there, and I hope it's okay, I just read hot off the press that you have announced a new ship that is going to be launched in a couple of years that would be powered through hybrid power, and it would reduce the greenhouse gas emission by 40%. So first of all, congratulations. I believe you're the first cruise liner to take that initiative and launch that. But uh, uh, let's let's talk a bit about the sustainability and and there is a huge emphasis on making sure that we, as travel and tourism industry, reduce our carbon footprint. Your thoughts, please. Yeah, um, first of all, I would like to say that uh, um, we are all have to go back and be more diligent in communicating about sustainability because uh, um, I think we could have done a lot more uh, of that. Uh, you know, people don't know, but the cruise industry has done a great deal uh, in, uh, you know, moving forward with uh, very uh, interesting and uh, successful initiatives. And uh, I don't think that there has been the right uh, understanding of that. And uh, I think that we have to take responsibility in saying that we could have been more forthcoming and uh, making sure that... Uh, you know, this is a message that needs to be added to any conversation that we have and which is now happening. Now, these days, I mean, you know, particularly in the last, uh, I mean, I would say a year or so, there has been even a, a further acceleration with that. And, uh, and it is a very important topic that uh, we don't have to uh, uh, forget about. And so the communication is paramount because uh, we are doing a number of incredible things and uh, they are not known uh, to, the, to the general public. They are difficult to be communicated. Uh, again, the cruise industry is kind of a sexy industry that is, uh, I mean, you know, like uh, very much in the focus of many people. Uh, we are very visible. So, I mean, you know, we attract a lot of attention. And uh, so we need to communicate accordingly. Uh, yeah, what you said is right. We just announced today that we are the first... Uh, multi-hybrid vessel that is delivered. And then the most important thing I would say that besides having a ship that will be, uh, you know, burning LNG uh, as uh, a main uh, uh, fuel, uh, but we'll also have batteries and uh, uh, particularly a fuel cell uh, to be able to operate in port on fuel cell alone. So this is a big step forward because fuel cell capacity to produce energy uh, was never getting to that point. So we'll be probably the first vessel to have this ability to operate on fuel cell uh, during port operations so without getting any other energy from outside. And uh, But there is a lot more to it. I mean, you know, we have been uh, developing a lot of technologies and uh, in many areas, not only on, em on air emissions, but also water treatment systems, uh, uh, waste management, uh, uh, you know, the, the way that we have reduced, uh, increased energy efficiency by redesigning ships hull, by rethinking of uh, new ways of painting the hull to make them more sleek and being able to, you know, like uh, go through water with less friction. Um, so uh, uh, procedures that... Uh, uh, during the building, you know, the construction and, uh, you know, design process that uh, guarantee that you don't lose any opportunity to save any amount of energy. So, and commitments also, not only by law, but also voluntary commitment to, to comply with very difficult regulations. So, I mean, to give you a sense of it, in some places we are required to treat uh, our wastewater to a level that is uh, almost... Uh, identical to the requirement for drinking water shoreside. So we are really, and, and, and the other important point is that uh, anything you do on a ship is, uh, is uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, in, in a controlled environment. 
you need to have law books, you need to re- register anything. You, you can't do anything without, uh, uh, I mean, you know, reporting what you do, and uh, which is great. I mean, you know, we've been getting a great education. This is helping us to be, uh, you know, become even better because uh, there are no excuses. Everything is recorded, everything is set. There is uh, a large number of regulations. So um, we are also, I mean, with our group, we are invested in... Uh, in a wind farm in Kansas, I mean, you know, that offsets, like, if I remember well, 12% of our, uh, I mean, you know, like carbon emissions. I mean, you know, incredible things that the general public, they are not aware. And uh, we have all now started to be uh, more open about it, more forthcoming. I mean, you know, we, we, we are going to be a lot more uh, communicating those things that are extremely important. And by the way, it is in our own interest because... Uh, we live out of the destination that we visit. So we are the first one to, to, that have a vested interest in making sure the destination are kept in the best possible way because this is our bread and butter every day. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that uh, news, uh, first and foremost, uh, during this conversation. I think that is a fabulous initiative. And not only that the consumers are looking for it, to your point, it is the right thing to do, and it is in the best interest of the organizations yeah. in, in our crews that we all adopt that. Uh, Roberto, talk a little um, bit about... Please. Sorry, just wanted to add one important thing, that not only this is important for our guests, for the destination, for ourselves, but the, in the world that we are living today, uh, is going to be extremely difficult for people that do not have this as uh, a number one priority to raise money for the expansion of their business. Because also, you know, bankers and uh, lenders and people, uh, you know, that are making their money available uh, to all of us to, uh, you know, like continue the expansion of our business are looking into it very carefully and they will not be giving money to people that are, don't have this as a top priority. Very well said. And, and I think it is for all the right reasons that we've got to be able to protect our planet. There is only one planet as we know it today. So we got to be able to protect it so that we can enjoy it for generations to come. Technological initiatives and changes in cruising world that are being brought about with new technologies. Uh, I'm sure from sustainability point of view, you just talked about a few but from a consumer-facing issues, anything that you are looking at or you have implemented that is making the the customer experience better? Um, Sure. I mean, you know, there is a continuous uh, evolution, and I like that word because our new class of ship is called the evolution class. And so it speaks by itself. So, I mean, to give you... And uh, that ship... uh, uh, is the one that was part of the press release that you mentioned before that was uh, launched today by Royal Caribbean Group and us. And uh, so there are indeed uh, developments that are quite important. You will see that, uh, uh, you know, ships of the future will have uh, a different type of structure. And uh, I, I can't say too much about it because we are going to be doing a big launch in November about this evolution vessel. So I have to, I'm sorry, but I have to ask you to stay tuned and I'll be happy to share all the information of the launching when it goes out. But there will be features that will make cruising more, I would say, interesting, comfortable and exciting. Um, although in our segment, we are not much about WOW first because our clients stay on board for a long time. So they want to have a very large and comfortable cabin. They want to have a great service, great dining experiences, a lot of space available. They are not looking for the rock climbing wall or, you know, these type of things that is more part of a contemporary market. But uh, uh, we have definitely improved. uh, And like I said, sustainability is the number one priority for sure in, in terms of technology development. But uh, there will be more, and I will be happy to share it uh, uh, mid-November when we will be announcing all of the interesting features of our Revolution uh, class of ships. 
Well, thank you for that. We look forward to it. Uh, uh, we look forward to learning uh, the new initiatives that you're implementing. Sam, we, we are approaching the hour. We still have a few minutes, but just to pace ourselves, if there is anything else, please uh, stop me. As you know, I can continue to talk for a very long time, but uh, uh, please uh, stop me if uh, there are some comments that are coming up or if you have anything else that you would like to add, Sam. Uh, well, we have several live viewers, and I would like to encourage the live viewers to to leave a either just say where you're viewing from, or just a, a comment, uh, and or just encouragement because we are uh, we have uh, Roberto Martinoli who is really giving us lots of uh, interesting information, and I have learned during this hour so quite a bit. So will we please join me to uh, say something about uh, how how you're enjoying this, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, I really liked what you were saying about the uh, sustainability part, but also now how uh, the people's interest are on experiential travel is uh, a thing that uh, uh, hoteliers are looking at and how, how they can provide this part. So um, it's not a question. I just want to uh, congratulate you what you're doing because it's something I did not, I wasn't aware of. I was as a, kind of an average, average person who hasn't been on a nice cruise to see that these are what you can offer. So very nicely done. And uh, maybe I can just give it back to Abid for any final question. Terrific. Roberto, talk a bit about the, the staffing challenges, finding the talent, the, particularly after the pandemic, uh, the workforce has changed dramatically. Uh, are you experiencing the same thing? I know you have a, 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 a global uh, uh, labor pool that you draw from, but how has that evolved? Are you still able to attract the right caliber to be able to deliver the services that you need to deliver for your clientele? Yeah, um, well, I, I would say that, uh, you know, there are two aspects of it. Um, the part, the shipboard part, and uh, the shore side. Um, shipboard uh, actually has been uh, maybe a little bit easier. So the job market uh, for um, our crew shipboard uh, has given us the right support, and uh, we are not yet at uh, full capacity, but we are getting close to it, and. Uh, We've been able to find so far uh, the right people. We have, I mean, we are, not only do we have loyal guests, but we also have a very loyal crew. Also because they need to be a little different. I mean, you know, for our product, I mean, you know, these people are, are not uh, uh, moving too much. In fact, uh, uh, we don't have much turnover, not as much as other segments of this industry. So on the, on the shipboard side, uh, has been so far, and again, we need to uh, make sure that we get to uh, the end when we are, uh, you know, uh, manning uh, the entire fleet. Um, we've been doing well. We've been doing well. Um, short side, it has been a little more challenging, and I think this is common to all of us because uh, um, with this, uh, you know, 18 months of interruption, many people have changed their habits, they've changed their the way they live, they're not much more into going back to some people. They don't want to go back to the life that they were living before. So it has been a little more challenging maybe. We've seen uh, definitely uh, proportionally more turnover, uh, short side that we have seen shipboard. But again, um, you know, we've been, uh, uh, you know, because of the 18 months time, we've been, you know, we had uh, enough... Uh, uh, I mean, you know, time available, so to say, to prepare ourselves for that. And uh, so we've been, we've been dealing with that. So, but definitely I see a little more challenges short, short side that we have seen a shipboard. Fair enough, fair enough. Hey, hey, Roberto, obviously there is massive consumer confidence for uh, this sector of travel and tourism. Investors are doubling down on it. Uh, uh, tell us some of the concerns that you see for cruising industry long term and, and possibly midterm. Um, well, let's start from a short and midterm. Of course, uh, uh, it's happening, but uh, it could happen. I mean, I'm hoping to see more acceleration on that. 
is, uh, you know, this pandemic will leave some uh, protocols and procedures in place, and I think it's fair, it's right. I mean, the big problem is to make sure that there is coordination on those. Uh, again, because uh, when you are going across borders, I mean, it's really very complicated. It's it's improving now, but we are still far from an ideal situation. So, uh, and I think that this applies to many other things because consistency also helps uh, industry to develop in a faster and better ways because people are all investing in the same direction and uh, it's more efficient. So that's, uh, I would say, that uh, with a shorter view, is very important. Um, in the longer term, uh, um, I think that uh, probably sustainability and, uh, you know, like uh, working with the destination to make sure that do all of the right things to continue development and, uh, uh, you know, coordinating better and syncing better uh, the activities that we all do with the destination um, and, and sustainability in general are going to be uh, a top priority for us. And if we succeed at that, we'll be very successful. I think that this industry has shown to be extremely resilient, has shown incredible rate of growth. Uh, we have an opportunity to continue to grow, uh, uh, you know, big numbers. And uh, we just need to make sure that... Uh, in, in that, uh, we take care of uh, those uh, collateral problems that uh, are not collateral. They are fundamental. Fair enough. Fair enough. Roberto, the last question before we close the show. Uh, a, a takeaway, one takeaway, if you would, for the industry professionals that might want to join cruising industry and also from a consumer perspective looking at cruises. Uh, any any words of wisdom, first and foremost, from industry professionals that want to join cruising industry? It's, it's a great business. I think that uh, it gives you the opportunity to learn uh, horizontally so many different things. Uh, I mean, you go from operation, marketing, sales, uh, uh, finance, uh, and it's a global business as well. So uh, the wealth of knowledge that resides in cruising I mean, would prepare you for any other experience in your future. So I think it's something that I would definitely uh, uh, like to see added to any curricula that uh, you go through because uh, it's, uh, it's very, very horizontal. It gives you a, a great sense of business that you can apply to many other businesses. So and it's great fun because, I mean, to work uh, in an environment where you give, uh, uh, you know, like uh, fun and uh, memorable experiences to people, it's very rewarding. So uh, not during the pandemic period, but once the pandemic is over, it's, it's great rewarding. So it's Fantastic. great fun. Yeah. So from a consumer perspective, any anything that you can uh, talk about from uh, a consumer's lens, something that a consumer can take away about cruising industry, but particularly okay. luxury cruising? Well, I would say that uh, uh, we need probably, we want to send a message to uh, people that are new to cruising because people that are in cruising, uh, they are very loyal. They'll come back. They know everything about it. I don't need to add anything. For those that have not been uh, having this experience, you should try because it's, first of all, for any, any segment of the market, whether it is ultra luxury or contemporary, it's great value for the money that you invest in it. And it is an experience that uh, uh, it's uh, not comparable to any other similar experience. And uh, the advantage that we have is that we keep people captive for a certain amount of time. We know what people's habits are. Uh, they stay in this environment that it's very helpful for us to organize for them an incredible experience. And uh, I've been going through it so many times, the perception in certain people that have not been able to try it is, uh, well, I mean, you know, maybe it's uh, regimental, too many people. It's not like that, not even in a 6,000 people vessel. I mean, you know, the, these products are incredibly well designed and are, are giving uh, so much back to the guest that uh, just try it and you will not be disappointed. You will come back. When you get people in, they will not get out after that. 
Well, look, it's certainly for uh, personally speaking, it's moved up a, a lot of places on my bucket list. It's already uh, been there, but after this conversation, it's moved up uh, at the beginning. Roberto Martinelli, uh, President and CEO of Silver Seas, it's truly been an honor to have you with us. Thanks for spending the time and thanks for all your insights. Sam. Yes, uh, for my part, I'd like to also thank the live viewers. We had uh, Angelo Balbi and Martina Viviani who joined us today. So thank you very much to you for, uh, Martina said, hi there, watching from Italy. Thank you very much. So she clearly no, enjoys <laughs> So this is, uh, has been a very interesting discussion. I also have learned uh, a great deal about uh, the cruise business. And uh, truly, if I would have to make a choice in my younger days, where would I work? I think this could have been a, maybe one of the strongest candidates where I, where I would have been ending up in my career. So with these few words, just thank you very much, Roberto, for joining us today. Uh, it has been a great honor. And uh, we look forward to seeing you one of these days uh, on your, one of your ships. Yeah, and thank you guys for having me. It has been my great honor to be with you. And uh, uh, it was great conversation. And uh, I really look forward to welcoming you on board one of our ships anytime soon. You and anyone that is uh, viewing this, uh, uh, it will be a great pleasure for us. Thank you very much again. Thanks for joining us this week on the Hospitality Talks podcast. If you found value in this show, we appreciate a rating. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that will help us too. Be sure to tune in for our next episode.